Well, turn with me, if you would, to uh, two openings this morning. John chapter 13 and 1 John chapter 4. John 13, 1 John chapter 4. For the last uh, several Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the love of God. And we actually have a... uh, uh, an instruction from the Lord, a directive, I should say, I do, from the Lord uh, to to teach the church, all of us, remind and teach and instruct and lead in how to love each other. Amen. That's one of the main things He's directed us to do. So we're, we're getting into this, and another thing He said is teach how to uh, live by faith. And another is how to be led by the Spirit. And so we're going to just work on these. How many believe we can grow in these? From month to month and year to year. Can't cover everything on one day. Right? Besides that, you couldn't receive everything in one day. And uh, some things you just have to stay after it. Stay with it. And if you feel like the Lord has joined you to this church family, then uh, be with us. Particularly on on Friday nights and Sunday mornings, you need to be a good reason why you're not here. Because we pray on Wednesday night. I know a lot of you drive some distance, and I understand that. But uh, Wednesday night is not just about receiving; it's about giving Amen. spiritually and and taking our responsibility and praying for our nation and praying for the city and and for the church and the families in the church and that kind of thing. But. Uh, uh, I can't minister to you, and the Lord can't minister to you through us if you're not here. Amen. Right? <laughs> and uh, then, you know, then if you show up and you missed for the last two months or three months, and, uh, you know, you're getting something good, maybe, hopefully, when you do come that time, but then there's several things that you missed that, that are supposed to be building a reservoir of truth and strength into your spirit. And uh, really, you know, if, if all of us had completely obeyed God and been at the right place and the right time and heard every message and, and received everything we were supposed to all our life, we'd be different people today. Right. There wouldn't be these holes yeah. of ignorance and misunderstanding and confusion. So uh, be hooked. And you, I understand, you know, if something comes up and you, you want to take a vacation and you miss a Sunday or something like that, that's, that's all right. I understand that. But, you know, when you're missing half as much as you're here, that just means your priorities are not right. And there's no such thing as being too busy to, to put God first. That's just being confused. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, have you found your text yet, John 13? I'm, you, know, you understand I'm saying that for your benefit, right? Because some of say, well, you just want us to come, so we'll give in the offering. And, well, now, <laughs> we could talk about how much you have given already. And uh, that'd probably, you know, if somebody answers like that, then you could pretty much be assured that they ain't done much, giving-wise. <laughs> so that wouldn't be it. No, it's for your benefit. It's for your sake. 
John 13. Let me get to my text before I get in trouble here. (laughs) John 13 and 34. Jesus said, John 13, 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. What is the New Testament commandment? That we love who? One another another is who? Fellow Christians. That's, that's That's the exact application of this. Yeah, we're to love the lost and the unsaved, but that's not specifically what he said here. He said we're to love each other. He's talking to his disciples. And today that'd be our, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Love each other. How are we to love each other? As he loves us. Well, then you'd have to know how he loves you. Right? And you'd have to receive his love for you before you'd know how to love somebody else. How do we love each other? The way he loves us. That says volumes, doesn't it? How does he love us? It's not performance-based, is it? He doesn't love us based on what we do for him. He doesn't love us based on how perfect we are. He loved us before we knew him. He loved us while we were yet sinners. Amen. Thank God. He didn't love us because we were doing something wonderful for him. He loved us because he chose to love us. Amen. He chose us before we, by his grace, could choose him. He said, verse 35, by this, by this loving our fellow Christians, The way he loves us, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Not by how you dress, not by, you know, your stickers on your bumper, not by how much you talk in tongues, not by prophesying or laying hands on people or how much you go to church, not by any of that. Not by how many scriptures you quote. It actually, you know, is one of the reasons why so many people are staying away from church in droves. Is because they see Bible thumpers and scripture quoters that are mean. I said mean. Religious people, just religious that don't know God, are the meanest people on the planet. I'm telling you, they'll stab you in the back, they'll knock you down, and they'll kick you in the face and give you a scripture why it's okay. (laughs) Mean people, mean, but that's not Jesus, that's not real Christianity, that's not the Bible. So how are people going to know that this is a real church over here in Branson, faith life? Not about numbers, it's not about size, it's not about flash, it's not about dress. People have to see how you treat me and how I treat you. Right? Right? That I treat you like you're valuable and important. You treat me like I'm valuable and important. We're there for each other. We care about each other. We value each other. 
Not just for an hour on Sunday. But on Tuesday night. Thursday afternoon. Saturday morning. Right? This is the witness that tells anybody and everybody that sees us. This is the real article. These are real Christians. Real like Christ ones. And that's my desire. Is it yours? I'm not interested in playing church. At all. Not interested in religious politics. If that's all it was to it, I wouldn't be here next Sunday. I'd be out riding my motorcycle somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Or on the lake or something. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, if this wasn't real, if this didn't work, I wouldn't stand up here and be a partner to a deception and a fraud. But... God is real. There is a love that passes understanding, hallelujah, and knowledge, and it's real, and it's a love that never fails. Oh, glory to God. There is a heaven. There is salvation. There is victory to overcome the world. There is answers to the worst problems we can't overcome. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm happy about it. Are you? Yes. First John, would you turn there now, please? First John. We're a blessed people. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. First John 4. First John 4. And let's read verse 7. First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another or each other, for love is of God. Everyone that loves is born of God. Somebody that really operates in the love of God, you don't have to ask them, are they saved? You don't have to ask them what denomination they are and what group or what church, you know, to see if they're saved. How were you baptized? To see if they're saved. If somebody really has the love of God in their hearts. And they operate in it. They have been born again. They are saved. They are of God. And I don't care what formula somebody uh, purports to. Or how many rosters their name is on. If they are operating in selfishness all the time. You don't know that they've been born again. If they show no love. Then how do you know? Keep reading. He that loves not knows not God. For God is love. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Here is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now that's what really marks the divine love of God. The divine love of God will love somebody that does not love them. See, uh, so-called human love won't do that. Human love is self-love, love of self. But real divine God kind of love will love you though you hate me. Though you despise me, though you talk about me, though you try to hurt me, though you succeed in hurting me, God love will still love you. Amen. 
in spite of all that. Not, not a front, not a put on the real thing. Really still genuinely care about you and try to help you even though you hurt me. Now that's supernatural, isn't it? That's divine. That's the real love of God. Look in verse, uh, well, let me, let me not get in a big hurry here. Keep reading. If God so loved us, verse 11, we ought also to love one another. And then down in verse 16, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. We've known it, and what else? We believed it. It's one thing for somebody to tell you to read the Bible yourself, or for some preacher or some family member or loved one to tell you God loves you. That doesn't mean you believe it. And uh, if you believe it, it'll show up in your life. It'll be evidenced in your life. How are we to love each other? As He loved us. Well, you have to know how He loves you. You have to know it, known, and believed. You have to know that love. You have to believe that love. You have to accept and receive His love for you. And if you receive God's love for you, then you will love yourself. Hmm? You can tell how much people know of God by how secure they are. Secure people, people who love their self, are secure people. Now see, that sounds funny to a lot of folks. What do you mean love yourself? I'm supposed to deny myself. You're to love your brother, your neighbor... As yourself. What if you don't love you? Like we've said, your neighbor's in trouble then. Because you you don't... How are you going to love him as yourself? You don't love you. I mean, the world... The world and I, should, I shouldn't just say the world. The church is full of people that don't love their self. They don't, they don't like their self. They don't like the way they look. They don't like the way they act. They hate the way they act. They try to act strong and bold, but then they'll go home and, and get in the, in the bedroom and cry and go, what is wrong with me? I'm so stupid. I'm so ignorant. What is wrong with me? They hate themselves because of the way they act and what they do. And the reason they're that way is because they've not yet received and believed the love God has for them. Somebody said, well, God loves me just the way I am. Well, not really. (laughs) He loves you right where you are. That doesn't mean He loves all your goofy ways. (laughs) The way I am. No, 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 that's going too far. He loves you in spite of. Of your idiosyncrasies and unbelief and unrenewed mind and all. He loves you. He's not waiting till you get it all together to love you. That would never happen. So he loves you before you even knew him. Before you even said yes to Jesus and to be born again. He loved you. And he loves you while you're getting it sorted out. And while you're getting it figured out, getting the message, getting a clue. But you have to believe He loves me right now. Huh? 
Even though I said it wrong, even though I did it wrong, even though I blew it and messed up, that doesn't mean he didn't love you. He might not have loved what you did, but he loves you. Amen. He might have hated what you did, but he loves you. And he will always love you, no matter what you do. And that's how we love each other. But we got to love ourselves. We got to receive that love, that kind of love for ourselves before we have it to give. Such as you have, that's what you give. Can you say amen? amen? I could just camp right here all morning and it'd be really, really worthwhile to just stay right here and go over this and over this and over this. Have you known, have you experienced the love of God? If you've been born again, you have. Anybody remember when you got saved? Was it real to you that God loved you? That's not supposed to diminish. That's not supposed to wane. That's supposed to grow in you. Everybody say, God loves me. He has accepted me. And He loves me. And I receive this love. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I'm trying to get to something else, but it seems like I'm not quite through with that. Just say it again then. God loves me. <laughs> he really does. I believe it. I accept it. I'm loved right now. Amen. God loves me. Well, then how are you to love somebody else then? You, you love them, not, not when they get perfected, not when they get it all straightened out. You love them right now. Right? They're valuable to you right now. They're precious to you right now. Amen? They don't have to earn your love. They don't have to merit your love. You love them right now. Just because of who they are. Amen? What do you mean who they are? God's child. Your brother. Your sister. That's all they have to be. Right? In order for you to love them. Known, believed, received. Turn on with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 13. We love ourselves and each other the way that He loves us. The, the character of this love, which is an expounding on the statement of how He loves us, is described in detail in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, if you're not familiar with this passage, you need to get familiar with this passage. It help, might help you to read it in the Amplified or another translation. It would help expand. The word charity doesn't mean to us today maybe what it meant hundreds of years ago. He's talking about divine love. And we need to know what this love looks like, sounds like. How does he love us? Like this, like 1 Corinthians 13. How are we to love each other? Like this. So let's read it again and get down to some other parts of it. 1 Corinthians 13, the divine love, the divine way. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, 
I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. See, people don't know that we're real Christians by how much we talk in tongues. Right? No. There's such a thing as vain tongues. Something that's just like a clanging cymbal and a banging pot, that'd be vain, wouldn't it? What good is that? Just noise. So apparently there are tongues that are just noise. I'm reading scripture, am I not? And though I have prophecy and understand mysteries and knowledge, all knowledge, and I have all faith, so I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Exploits of faith are not the main thing. Well, we believed for this. Well, we believe for this big thing. And we believe for that big thing. Well, that's all great and good, but for what purpose? I mean, we believe, we believe to get this facility and to get in this facility and to pay for this facility. And the Lord's blessing us and He's honoring our faith. But why? It's a tool to love people with. Amen. Amen. Why do you need a big house and three cars and about five accounts full of money and a big roll of cash in your pocket? Don't look at me like you don't need that. I said, why do you, I'm weaning myself off the word need. Why are you believing for that? Tools to love people with. Amen. Amen. To love people. Not to just sit up in your big house and go, whoo, I'm a big cat now. <laughs> Got it made, man. Never have to work another day in my life. What good is that? And you know, the joy in possession is in sharing. You get a new car. After you've ripped around the road a little bit, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to go show it to somebody, right? Show them all the doodads on it and take them for a ride. How smooth it, right? What if there's nobody to share it with? See, it's about love. It's about communion. It's about fellowship. And the more stuff are the more tools and the more ability to love people with. Be able to pay their house off. That's love. That's a little weak, guys. Be, be able to pay off somebody's car. Buy them a new suit. Buy them a new dress. Huh? Love on them. Especially when people are going through some stuff and maybe they feel a little low. I mean, there's been numerous times when the Lord has dealt with us to do something substantial for somebody. And it wasn't always at a convenient time for us. But we did, and we didn't know what they were going through. We didn't know what it meant to them. But it said in a very tangible way, God loves you. And these people love you. You are valuable. You are important. You are loved. You matter. There are physical ways of saying that too. And that's what prosperity is about. He he goes on to say, Talk about the giving, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. If you're not doing it to love somebody, none none of it means anything, does it? I mean, you know, there there are people right now 
that are multi-billionaires and they're miserable. Completely miserable. They got everything that money can buy and they are still empty. That's what, a lot of wealthy people wind up killing themselves. Why? Because, see, a lot of times poor people can live with the deception that if I had enough money, I'd be happy. And maybe one of these days, I'll get enough money, I'll get that big house, I'll get those nice clothes, and I'll be happy. But the rich man has got it all and sees that he still is not fulfilled. So what's, why, what's there to look forward to? I've tried it all, I've done it all, I've bought it all, I have it all. Well, no, not unless you got Jesus. You can't even enjoy a new car unless Jesus is in there with you. Amen. Amen. Can't even enjoy a new house unless the Holy Ghost is in there and manifest. I mean, how many of the house is not decorated till the anointing is there? No. It's not furnished till it's full of peace, full of love. That's what makes a house a home. So here's how this love operates. Here's how the Lord loves us. Here's how we love each other. Love suffers long and is kind. Aren't you glad the Lord doesn't have a short fuse? (laughs) There wouldn't be a planet if the Lord had a short fuse. He is slow to anger. So then how are you? I said, how are you? Because I know you're a good Christian. You keep the New Testament command, right? You love other people the way God loves you. That means you are slow to anger. You're you're long-suffering. You just take and take and take and take. And other people's patience is out the window. And you just go, ah, well... That's all right. It'll be okay. None of this screaming and breaking furniture. That's the way the heathen do. That's the way unsaved people act. Breaking the dishes. Hmm? Don't raise your head now. That's ungodly. That's acting like a heathen that's never even been saved. Well, that's just me Irish. That's just... Hey. My grandpa's Irish, so don't tell me about that. Well, that's just, you know, that's, that's just me. No, that's your flesh that needs to be crucified. Don't tell me you can't control it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it yourself. People believe all this stuff because it allows them to keep doing it. It's a lie. No more furniture breaking. No more punching holes in the wall. No more. That's how unsaved heathen act. You have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. By the, have you been saved? Are you born again? Yeah. Then you got the love of God 
inside your heart. And if you'll yield to that, you'll be long-suffering. I didn't say you'd always feel like being long. I didn't say that. Oh, there's times you feel like putting a fist through the wall. Oh, you you feel like kicking something. But the love of God constrains us. Amen? Amen. We, We hold our feelings and we hold our emotions. And we don't let our uh, impatience of the flesh rule us. We let the love of God inside us rule us. You know, you can be mad and nobody know it. You can control yourself. Can't you? You can. You know, you can, you can feel like you're about to come apart at the seams and you can just smile so sweet and go, I'm going to go now. <laughs> and we'll talk later, okay? Huh? And don't say you can't. Don't say you can't. God says you can. The Bible says you can. And you can. No excuse. Getting mad and slapping your wife. None excuse. No excuse for getting mad and slapping your husband. None. Acting like an unsaved heathen. I don't care how many scriptures you know. I don't care how many reverends or doctors you got on the end of your name. It's acting like a heathen. Real Christians don't act that way. You might feel that way. But you don't have to act like you feel. Do you? What if God acted that way? Huh? Think about that one now. What if God said, Huh? Huh? Just a smoking hole in the ground. <laughs> and then he's going, Oh, I like them. I wish I hadn't have done that. I might have to. Guess I have to get me another pastor for that faith life church. He controls himself. You can control yourself. Love suffers long. It's patient. And it's kind while it's doing it. Kind. Listen to the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy. Peace. Long suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Meekness. Temperance. Just listen, how many of those are in the same vein of kindness? Isn't it? So all this harshness, hardness, sharpness, hard tones, raised voice, none of that's right. It's all flesh, ungodly. Hmm? Hmm? I know you've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. People have gotten in the flesh. But you didn't have to then. And you don't have to now. 
Everybody say, I can control myself. By the grace of God, I do control my temper. I control my feelings. I control my words. I control my hands. I control my actions. Amen. You let the love of God dominate you. Love, and I'm reading this from some different translations, doesn't envy, doesn't begrudge another's success. It's not vaunted, does not puffed up, doesn't have inflated ideas of its own importance, doesn't behave itself rudely or unmannerly. Real Christians are well-mannered. I said real Christians are well-mannered. They say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and thank you, ma'am, and please, and mean it. And you first, and no, I'll wait. Hmm? That's not, it's not just a natural thing. That, that's godly. Godly. Goes on to say, uh, make a note about that for the children, Phil. Manners. Uh, doesn't seek its own, is not selfish, doesn't insist on its own way or rights, is not self-seeking. Doesn't say, well, what about mine? I've got my rights, too. Hmm? It's not okay to talk like that. Well, what about me? I need mine. Who's going to take care of me? And you know, he that tooteth not his own horn, it shall not be tooted. <laughs> and you know, it is the squeaky wheel that getteth the grease. <laughs> what references are those? Anybody know? <laughs> what references are those? He that toots not his own horn, it won't be to... What, is that in the Bible? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Is that in the Bible? What does that mean? Well, you've got to make some noise. Hmm? You can't just sit back and expect God to do it for you. You've you got to tell people. You've got to get in their face. You've got to make demands. You've got to shake the tree. None of these are scriptures. That's the way of the world, way of the ungodly. What's the way of love, the way of God? Seeks not its own, doesn't insist, doesn't insist on its own way or its own rights, is not self-seeking. This is the Bible, right? This is the way we live. Everybody said out loud, this is the way. 1 Corinthians 13. This is the way we live. Amen. Is not easily provoked. Is not touchy, irritable, or quick to take offense. You know, it's not fun being around people who wear their feelings on their sleeve. And every time you're around them, you have to walk on eggshells going... Uh, oh, was that all right, Brother Dave? I, you didn't get offended now, did you? I'm sorry, Brother. I mean, just 
Well, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, every time you look, people are lips poked out a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> hurt. Oh, you hurt me, brother. <laughs> we got a lot of people that's easy to hurt. I mean, you know. Any little old thing and they're home crying. When the pastor don't love me, he didn't shake my hand. Well, there was probably about, you know, hundreds of other people saying I didn't shake that day either. What makes you so special? <laughs> oh, that's going over big, eh? doesn't mean that you that's no sign of spiritual sensitivity that's That's a sign of immaturity well I'm just spiritually sensitive and things just get to me you're a whiny baby little (laughs) need the nose white whiny baby You, you need to grow up Grow up so that stuff don't bother you. Oh, dear Lord, if, if, if I got hurt over everything people said about me, I wouldn't be here this morning. I'd be at home in the bed crying. And Phyllis, I mean, just in the last few weeks, people have said some unkind things. I don't tell you. Ain't no need to tell you. Why? Because that's not you. I mean, 99.9% of you love us. We love you. And that's all that matters. So ain't no need in going over all this nitpicky stuff of some folk that are confused. I had a fellow one time out meet me out in the hall after a met, not, not here in this church, but another place years ago. He said, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like the, what you said. I don't believe it. I said, you don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. <laughs> he said, made him even madder. <laughs> well, a lot of time that is, you know, I had a person come to me. Uh, I don't know. He, sa- he said, I forgive you. I said, uh, okay. What did I do? He said, uh, well, I was really mad at you for a long, long time. I said, uh, what did I do? Tell me, man. He said, uh, well, years ago, back when you was teaching at Ramah, he said, I met you in the hall. This has been like, at that time, it was 10-something years ago. It's been a lot longer than that now. He said, uh, and I spoke to you, and you didn't even speak. <laughs> didn't even speak. You just walked right by like I wasn't even there. I said, man, I'm sorry. I said, I don't remember that. I didn't do it on purpose. I wasn't trying to slight you. You know, sometimes I had five minutes from one class to the next, and I'm trying to change gears, thinking about what I'm going to speak on, and I might have been absorbed and just not. Of course, there were also uh, hundreds of other people in the hall too, you know. 
See, people like, you know, and he thought, well, I, you know, I just thought, well, who does he think he is? And see, people, the Bible says when you judge somebody, you are guilty of the same thing. That's what Romans 2 says. So he's judging me for being a highfaluter and my nose in the air, he thinks. Well, then what is he doing? He thinks that he's supposed to receive special treatment above all the other thousands of people that are there. And when he raises his hand and says, hi, the music is supposed to stop. (laughs) And he's supposed to receive certain kind of attention and a certain kind of time. Well, see, who does he think he is? When none of these other people are expecting that. Do you see what I'm talking about? I mean, they're just happy to get to class. And let's believe God and let's have some anointing and amen. Not not thinking that they're slighted if they don't receive a special one-on-one session in the hall. (laughs) Some people like it, some people don't. (laughs) Love is not touchy, not irritable, not easily provoked, not quick to take offense. Thinks no evil. Doesn't keep a score or record of wrongs done to it. One translation says hardly notices when somebody does it wrong. Now that's maturity, isn't it? Hardly notices. I've endeavored to grow in this for some years now. And I'll tell you I've always done it perfectly. But there have been some times I did it right. And uh, a fellow came to me one time. He said, uh, Brother Keith. He said, you know that fellow's up there, he's talking about that. He said, don't you know he was talking about you? I said, really? He said, yeah, he's talking about you. He had said some negative things. And he did everything but call my name. And he said, he's talking about you? I said, no. (laughs) Well, I knew it, but love hardly notices. If somebody slapped you, love will go, did you trip over something? And your hand fell across my, you tripped and your hand fell across my face, didn't it? Because I know you didn't just stand there and slap me on purpose. Somebody said, that's being naive. No, if you really walk in love, people will think you're naive. I'll say that again. If you really walk in love, people will think you're too simple and you're naive but didn't the bible say to be simple concerning evil That's right. Right? right and to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves be wise concerning the love of god but concerning evil you know I've, I, the lord's helped me to salvage some situations like that Somebody was acting real sheepish around me because they had done some stuff they shouldn't have done and said some things. And I just acted like, you know, I, I just I brought it up in kind of a roundabout way and said, you know, well, uh, so-and-so said this, but I, I'm sure that's not what you meant. And, uh, you know, because you and I are okay. We're friends, right? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, that's right. I didn't really mean it like that. Yeah. I said, right, that's what I thought. So just go on. Hmm? Doesn't keep score, doesn't keep record, doesn't, doesn't sit there and go, now what was he trying to say? Mm-hmm. I knew what sorry rascal he was talking about me. I know that. I ain't dumb. 
<laughs> no, just carnal. I ain't no fool. I knew they was talking about me. Well, wait, what does that do for you? Hmm? How does that make you feel? I discerned that. I saw it. Yes, sir. Now, I'm not saying it's always easy. Phyllis and I have walked into rooms before where we, we sensed immediately in our spirit. Uh, they were having us for lunch before we walked in. <laughs> that can happen. It's happened with us. But the 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 baby, the, the carnal person, will get hurt to the core, run out of the room crying, and I just don't understand why they do me that way. Well, that's being a whiny baby. <laughs> the mature person will smile and love them anyway. Love them in spite of their meanness. Love them. Rise above it. Anybody ever talked about God? Said negative things about Him? He doesn't lean over and go, I heard that. I heard that. (laughs) Man, if He was keeping a list, who would stand? But He's not. I said He's not. All taken all the sins and blotted them out. Hallelujah. 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 One translation says it like this. It says, uh, it doesn't count or keep up with injuries and wrong. It's not happy. Love, this kind of love is not happy at injustice or wrong. I don't care if somebody were your worst enemy. If something happens bad for them, you don't go, well, goody, goody serves you right. It bothers you. You don't want to see anybody hurt. You don't want to see, I don't care if they've been your worst enemy, you don't want to see them go down. But rejoices with others in truth and right. Now listen to this. Love covers all manner of sin and puts up with silence through everything. That's interesting, isn't it? If you bring these other definitions and translations, it includes this. Love covers well, I mean, the Scripture says that, doesn't it? Yeah. Go to First Peter, please. Everybody say, love covers. love covers. Well, then what does hate do? Hate exposes. Hate tells it. Hate broadcasts it. Hate publishes it. And a lot of folk don't realize that they are hating people when they're telling their weaknesses and their failures. It's an act of hate. And it's the devil's work. Because it serves to injure the person further. First Peter, are you turning there? Fourth chapter. First Peter and four and eight. And above all things. That's a big statement, isn't it? First Peter 4, 8. Above all things. Do what? Have fervent love. How many of that is sincere? That is earnest and intense. Love among yourselves. That'd be keeping the commandment. For love shall do what? Shall cover 
the multitude of sins. Everybody say love covers. Love covers the multitude of sins. Go with me to the book of Proverbs real quickly, please. The 11th chapter. Do you have a few more minutes this morning? I'm, I'm endeavoring to not waste your time and not do anything I ought not do, but I don't want to be in a hurry to quit, you know, because what's, what's more important? Getting something established in the Word and in faith or, or eating 30 minutes earlier? Well, if eating's more important to you, then you, you can leave if you want to. But uh, this is important, is it not? This is the New Testament commandment. How are we going to love each other the way He loves us? How does He love us? He doesn't keep track of our wrongs. Has He covered our sins and transgressions and washed them away? Does He expose it? Does he try, is is he waiting and he's going to tell to make us look bad and reveal all of our shortcomings and sins and failures? Everybody say covered Covered. and washed. There's two concepts here that you need to understand. He does this with us and we are to do this with each other. If you love somebody, it bothers you when they look bad, doesn't it? And then what will you what will you try to do? Now I'm not talking about lying for somebody. I'm not talking about calling wrong, right. But if you love somebody, even if they did do something bad, you don't want everybody to know it. Right? You don't want it broadcast and known. There is a thing that irritates me. There's more than one, but this one is particularly irritating to me. There are a number of people around, Christians and ministers, who think they're some kind of Holy Ghost police. That it's their job to make known errors and problems to the people. And some way or another, completely forget these verses. That love does what? Covers. Yeah, but the people need to know. Said who? No, these these folk are on a crusade of self-righteousness. A holier-than-thou that God said was a stench in his nostrils. That's what he said? No. Somebody said, well, I'd never do anything like that. You just judged them. And you'll be judged. There's not a person in here that can say, I have never missed it. I have never sinned. Not a one of us can say that. Well, that's what they did. Whatever it was. Well, I'd never do that. That's saying too much. In order to say that, you'd have to be able to stand up and say, I've never sinned. You sinned, they sinned. How could they do that? You know how. You've done it. No, but didn't do that. Yeah, but in the eyes of God, it was sin. It was sin. Right? Yeah, but I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. Circumstances might have been different. The mechanics might have been different. But the spirit of it was sin. And the heart of it was sin. And you know how they did it. You've done it. You've demonstrated how they did it. So why do you want to stand up and hold them up and go, 
Oh, look what they did. Oh, the people need to know. The people need to know. Do they now? How do these scriptures fit in? Love covers the multitude of sins. I want you to, well, we'll go to Proverbs 11, then I'll say this. Proverbs 11. The Lord's helping us this morning. This 1 Corinthians 13 is how we live. Isn't that right? Anybody with me on this? This is how we live. In Proverbs, the 11th chapter, Proverbs 11, well, back up to chapter 10. Then we'll read 11. 10 and 12. Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred does what? Stirs up strife. You know, strife does not just happen. Somebody stirs it up. Right? Strife stirrers are haters, not lovers, haters. Stirs up strife. How would you stir up strife? Telling stuff. Is that right? Well, did you hear this? Well, did you know that they did this, though? Did you? Yeah, but did you know about this? Man, that's bad seed to sow. Does that, you want somebody doing that for you? Well, it's going to come back if you do it. And you keep doing it. It's going to come back. Yeah, but did you hear about uh, 10 years ago, though? Yeah, but did you know 15 years ago when they were at such and such place, you know what they did? Did you, had you heard that? Well, they have now, thanks to you. And how many of you understand sometimes something like that will completely change how that person looks at that person from now on? I didn't say it was right, but it can. And if you say something, that sways or changes and hurts somebody's uh, perception of somebody and cuts off them doing something for them, you are liable for that. You will give an account for that. That's some of the idle words that you'll give an account of in the day of judgment. We must be careful. Especially the more influence you have and the more your words carry weight. Uh, if somebody comes ask me about a minister, about a church, I, I immediately I go on alert. Because if I say something that causes somebody not to support that ministry, or if I say something that causes them not to have them come in and speak for them, I'm responsible for their loss. Did you hear me? And I have injured and damaged a ministry of the Lord. Oh, that's serious stuff. So a lot of times, even if I thought something negative, I'd just say, well, I don't know much about them. And leave it right there. Did you hear me? It's quiet. Well, we need to, we need to take this seriously. This is important and very, very serious. 
If you sway somebody, the, the book of Acts uses this phrase. It says these certain people, their minds were evil affected against the brethren because of these people that come over and told them this stuff. Their minds became evil affected against somebody. They looked at them differently. They didn't want to fellowship with them like they used to. Friend, that is the devil at work. That's Christians yielding to the devil. And you know, one of the worst things that could happen to you is for you to wake up and realize, I let the devil use me. I let him use my mouth. I let him use my influence to hurt my brother and my sister in the Lord. Friend, if you see that you've done that, you ought to repent. I mean, you ought to put your nose in the carpet and you ought to ask God to forgive you and you ought to do everything within your power to make it right. There's been a time or two in my life, thank God not too many, but there's been a time or two that I had to go to people and I said, I'm sorry. I said this to so-and-so and I didn't think it would affect them that way, but I shouldn't have said it. And I'm sorry. I'm responsible. You, if you'll be man enough or woman enough to do that, like we say down, it'll break you from sucking eggs. I mean, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll quit because that's no fun. Anybody know what that, what that phrase means? You ought to know that in Missouri here, yeah? Yeah, we're getting too serious. I had to tell you something funny. <laughs> Keep reading. Hatred stirs up strife. Stirs it up. So people who are stirring up strife in the name of the Lord are not of the Lord. They're, they're haters. They're in the flesh. They're not ministering in love. Give everything the love test. If God's in it, there's going to be love in it. But love does what? But love covers all sin. Go to the 11th chapter. 11, 13. 11, 13. A talebearer does what? Does what? A, is, a, is being a talebearer a bad thing? Yes. Oh, man. A talebearer reveals secrets, tell stuff that was secret. You know, a lot of people. They tell things for no other reason than that they knew it first. And that they know something you don't know. And want to impress you that they have an inside track. And it is so far from God and it is so wrong. Some things should not be told. Right? right. Should not be broadcast. They shouldn't be. I know a well-known minister some years ago, another well-known minister had had major problems and apparently missed it real bad. And these reporters showed up at this, uh, this guy that knew him, throwed a mic in his face and said, what about this preacher so-and-so? And, and what about what's been done and what's been said? And what do you think about that? And what do you say about that? And he just looked at him. He said, well, that's family business. And we'll take care of it. But I got nothing to say to you. And walked away. Family business. Right? 
Some things ought to stay between a husband and wife. Some things ought to stay within the family. Some things ought to stay within the church family. Right? No need to be broadcast or told. And love doesn't want people ruined. Love doesn't want... If we can save them, we want to save them. Amen. Now, we're not going to lie for anybody. You understand that? We're not going to lie for anybody. But that don't mean you have to tell everything you know either. I've had people say, well, well uh, uh, what about that? And I said, I didn't say. You didn't say. No, I know you didn't say. So I said, no, I didn't say because I didn't want to say. Well, what do you think about it? I don't let myself have an opinion about that. They stand before the Lord. Amen? I love them. I want to see them do good. I don't care how badly they blew it or messed up. I'd like to see them get turned around, cleaned up, straightened up, and do what they're supposed to do. I don't care who they are. Right? That's love. Keep reading. Tail bear reveals secrets, but he that's of a faithful spirit does what? A faithful man. A faithful woman. What will they do? They will not tell it. I said they will not tell it. A faithful person doesn't reveal. A faithful person conceals the matter. This is how you can tell if somebody's faithful, including yourself. They won't talk. They won't talk. Some people have made remarks about our staff because we've ingrained in them how important it is not to be a talker, uh, to be faithful. Because people sometimes try to grill them. What about this? What about that? And somebody told me, they said, well, you know, they wouldn't tell me anything. And I said, well, why were you trying to find out? What do you want to know? A lot of folk, it seems like that is their whole pastime is getting the scoop on something. (laughs) Trying to find out something that nobody knows. Trying to tell something that nobody knows. Friend, that is the devil's business. I'm telling you, it's the devil's business. One more place here. I'm I'm working to close here. In uh, Proverbs 17. Can y'all be back tonight? Hmm? Normally we don't have a Sunday night service. We do that. We don't have one on purpose. But tonight we are having one. And we are not having a marriage meeting just to be having one. I believe we have direction from the Lord. And this is important. And uh, I trust that you uh, will make this investment into your marriage and into your family of the time uh, and, and get yourself where you can be fresh and, and not nodding off and sleeping and all that kind of thing. Take your nap this afternoon, lay across the bed and pray in the Holy Ghost and come with your Bible and your pad and be ready. Amen. Amen. And believe God with us for revelation. How many believe we can have some of the strongest marriages and families in the state and in the country? Amen. That's our foundation as a church. What if me and Phyllis decide next week to get divorced? Would that affect this church? Hmm? Then would it be wise for us to make investments of time... 
to get the word into us about what God said about what a husband is, what a wife is, what a, would it be wise? Yes. Do you ever get to the place where you don't need to do that anymore? No, no. no never, never. So please, uh, I thought about different kind of meetings for the year. What would be the most important? What should we, because I, I, your time is valuable like mine is. And, I, and, and this is what, I was thinking something else. And the Lord directed me, this is what we need to do right now. And so Phyllis and I have been praying and, and looking at scriptures and talking. And we've, we've taught on these things before. So uh, please uh, come and, and give the time and be focused. And then if you have family or friends or neighbors, invite them. And, and let's come and, and get this in us the way we should. Attain to a higher place. Proverbs 17, are you there? 17 and 9. He that covers a transgression seeks love. He that repeats a matter separates very friends. He who covers an offense, one says, promotes love. Whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. I mean, if you you come up here and you got spaghetti sauce all over your face, and you're shaking hands with everybody, and you got spaghetti sauce all over your face, wouldn't be nice for me to go over and say, "Hey, Mo, look, Van Dave's got sauce all over his face. How dumb can you be?" Huh? That's not that. Why would I do that? <laughs> what would love do? Huh? Very discreetly. No, I ain't going to wipe it off. <laughs> Not unless something's wrong with his hands. But what I will just say, try it coolly without making a deal. Hey, man, I want to check your face. Got a little something right here. <laughs> right? Cover it. Try to cover it somewhere or another. Somebody's hurting in an area. Somebody's blown it in an area. We don't go around and tell everybody, hey, did you know? Did you hear? That's not, that's like a heathen, like it's an unsaved person. Amen. No, divine love, somebody says. And, and here's the thing. Now, uh, where's that at, Lord? Help me to. Remember that. Uh, excuse me. Boy, it gets quiet when I quit talking. Uh, well, I let it. I let it. Hmm. Maybe I'll remember it and tell you this evening. But uh, I was looking at some references and uh, other translations that talked about love. Did, not only did love cover, but love doesn't receive a, a, a tale or a tattle against somebody else. I'll try to think and talk to you some more about it this evening. But this is how you stop this in a church. Hmm? 
It's when somebody comes to you and they says, hey, man, did you hear? And you say, no, I don't want to. Don't have to be mean. Don't have to be ugly. Just go, no, well, let's, let's don't talk about that. And they'll go, well, all right. I just want to tell you so you could pray. Yeah, right. No. How I many know what I'm talking about? So I'm asking you, as part of this church, if somebody within the church or somebody from the outside wants to talk to you and reveal secrets and a talebearer and tell somebody's faults and problems, do not stand there and listen to it. Don't just stand there and let them dump all this. You don't need to hear it, for one. You don't need to have it in your mind. Just stop them. Just go, you know, and it's not being rude. They're the ones being rude by trying to tell you. Just, just, just hold up your hands and go, no, 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 please. Let's just not. I'd rather not know. Let's just not talk about it. You know, maybe they've repented by now. Maybe they've already got it straightened up. And if God's forgiven them and he even, doesn't even remember it anymore, why do we need to be talking about it? Besides that, have you prayed for them? Or you just want to talk about them? Are you with me? Love covers the multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 11. Oh, man. I've taken extra time this morning, haven't I? Well, I wasn't just trying to keep you long. But let's, let's not be in too big of a hurry. Let's receive communion this morning together as a family. Ushers, won't you go ahead and stand? And in fact, go ahead and come to your positions. You can go ahead and come down to the front if you want to, ushers. Jesus, at what we call the Last Supper, talked about the bread and the cup. And how many know in the the cup the blood that was shed washes us from all sin so that our sin is not just covered now it's washed away. It's gone. He loved us so much he didn't want us going through eternity with stains And known for our mistakes or our failures or our sins. He wanted us to be able to stand up in His righteousness. And do you understand that in the ages to come, nobody's going to know how you blew it down here. (laughs) Have you thought about that? Nobody nobody in heaven's going to know. Nobody in in the new heaven and earth is going to know. How bad you messed up on that thing. Or what a dumb thing you did and said. Or how you loused up a situation. They're not going to know. That's how much God loves you. He wanted your future, present and your future, free from that. Love covers. And love washes away. So you're not known for any of that in the future. You're just known for how you served God. And how you obeyed God. Ain't it wonderful? What else? No, what else? That's all washed away and gone. Praise the Lord. Brother Dave's going to sing. And, the people, and, and as 
he sings. Now, come on, guys. As they sing, just meditate on this, and let's observe communion before we go today.